Well, welcome everyone. Please take a seat right where you are. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here at um, Beyond for part two of a series that we launched last week. Um, this is our second ever service here at Griffin State School. Last week to celebrate the, the fantastic move, we had a housewarming party. And to launch off the housewarming uh, party, we decided to launch a series called Moving Forward. And the whole purpose of the series is to help you move forward in your own life. Because uh, the reality is we all aspire to move forward, but not everyone actually moves forward. So last week, uh, we launched a series, Moving Forward, and the subtitle of the series is this, How to Put Your Past in the Past so that you can keep moving forward. And the reason why uh, we're talking about how to put your past in the past is because, as we said last week, in order for you to move forward, you need to first address your past because our past often holds us back from moving forward. And so that's what we said. We said you need to address it, you need to address your past before you can move forward. And then starting this week, starting this week, I'm going to give you one of four application points. In the weeks to come, I'm going to give you the rest. But tonight, I'm going to give you one application point. Uh, one application point that will help you move forward in your own life. If you apply it, it will help you put that past in the past so it doesn't hold you back from moving forward. An application point that we're going to talk about is this, release it. You need to uh, release your past so that your past can release you. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next 20, 25 minutes. Now, this may mean nothing to you and that's all right because I'm going to talk you through it. Now, Last week, um, I gave you three questions that I wanted you to ask, and if you weren't here, that's all right. I'll catch you up to speed on them. They were these. I wanted you to pay attention to how do you react, and then I wanted you to ask these three questions. Why did I react that way? What emotions does that reaction reveal? And what is the source or cause of those emotions? And it's these three questions where I want to pick up tonight. Um, more specifically, I want to pick up with this one question. What emotions does that reaction reveal? Even if you weren't um, uh, paying attention to your reactions, even if you weren't here last week, chances are you experienced a whole lot of emotions last week. You experienced happiness, excitement, joy, maybe a little bit of frustration, maybe a little bit of anger, maybe a little bit of sadness, maybe a little bit of an anxiety because there's assignments coming up and you haven't studied for them, so, um, or you haven't like prepared for them, you've got a, a test coming up next week and you haven't studied, you didn't go to lectures, so you're a little bit anxious. You've probably experienced a whirlwind of all these emotions. And tonight I want to talk about one emotion in particular because if you hold on to this one emotion, if you allow this emotion to remain lodged in your heart for too long, it will lay ruin to your future. And the emotion that we're going to talk about is this, anger. We all experience this. We all experience it from time to time. Uh, we get angry when we're at, uh, sitting in traffic. We get angry when uh, somebody kind of cuts us off. Uh, we get angry when people mistreat us and gossip about us. We get angry when we don't get what we deserve. We get angry. And the reason why we're going to talk about this emotion is because if you hold on to anger, if you hold on to anger for too long, eventually it will turn into bitterness. And eventually you will be so hung up on what happened to you, you will be so hung up on what happened in the past, and you'll be so focused on it that you will not be able to move forward because you are just so focused on the past. And so you need to release anger. Now, how do you go about that? Well, we're going to 
talk about just where does anger start. And anger really is the result of not getting something we want. Now, I may have simplified this a little bit, but really, um, want can also include deserve, because who doesn't want what they deserve? But at the end of the day, anger is a result of not getting something we want. Now, some of you may have thought I've oversimplified this idea. Like, anger just seems so complex. Surely there's more to anger than just simply it being not getting something that we want. So to kind of get us all on the same page, I want to tell you a story. It's a made-up story. It, it has no um, truth to it whatsoever, but just to kind of get you um, around this idea of anger. So I want you to imagine there's this guy called Ronald. Let's call him Ronald because this is my illustration. I like the name Ronald. Um, well, let's call him Ronald. And Ronald has a wife and he has three kids. And Ronald and his wife are working in business and Ronald and his wife together are able to uh, provide for their family. But unfortunately, one of their kids gets um, a disease. One of their kids gets sick. And because of that sickness, um, his wife has to stop working to look after that kid. And more than that, um, you know, they were able to pay for the mortgage. They were able to pay for the intuition. But all of a sudden, um, because his wife's not working and because they've got to pay these medical bills and pay... Um, all the rest, it's getting difficult. And they're in a bit of financial trouble. So Donald, uh, Ronald goes up to his, um, yeah, yeah, rubbish illustration. Um, no, Ronald goes up to his boss and he, he lets him know what's going on. He's like, man, you know, I, I've, I've got I've to start earning a little bit more money. Is there any chance of a promotion so that I can do that? And his boss is like, yes, definitely. You can definitely get this promotion. In fact, there's one coming up in a month's time. All you need to do is this, this, and this, and if you do this, this, and this, if you work hard, I guarantee you, you will get the promotion. And so Ronald goes absolutely nuts. He works, he works overtime, he does everything, he goes above and beyond what's required of him, and he does everything that his boss asked for him. And in that month's time when the promotion was about to be announced, Ronald was expecting that he would get it because he'd done everything his boss had said. His boss said he was a guaranteed thing if he had done everything. But when it came to the announcement of the promotion, they gave it to another guy. A guy who had literally been there for three weeks. A guy who had literally not done anything that Ronald had went to. He'd been clocking off early, but Ronald, he'd been working overtime, and yet this guy got the promotion. And he goes up to the boss and he's expecting it. You know, maybe it's just a mistake. And the boss is like, no, no mistake. You should have just worked harder. What is that? Of course, Ronald would be angry in that scenario. He's working hard, not because he needs or wants money, but because he needs it to provide for his family. But now he can't provide for his family because, um, because his boss has given somebody else the promotion that he deserved. Of course, Ronald would be angry. We all are angry when we don't get something we want. And which draws us to the real problem of anger because anger, um, it says this, you owe me. Because I've done this, because you did this to me, because you said that about me, because you didn't give me the recognition I deserve, because you didn't give me the raise, you owe me. You owe me a raise, you owe me a promotion, you owe me um, a second chance, you owe me. And the problem with anger is when you allow it to fester within you, if you hold on it for too long, it won't just be about one person owing you, 
but it will be about everyone owing me. Everyone owes me for what somebody did to me one time. You've met people who you would just consider angry people. Yeah, we've met those people and we kind of avoid them. And when we're around them, we kind of get a little bit nervous because when we're around them, they just might lash out. They might just get a little bit angry. They might just say something to you for nothing other than they're just angry at the world. They're not just angry at you. There's nothing you've done to them. You might treat them perfectly nice, but they're just angry. They believe everyone owes them. Why would anyone hold on to anger? That just seems dumb, right? Why would you want to be angry at everyone? Why would you just lash out on people who are trying to be nice to you? Why would you hold on to that? Well, it's because behind every hurt, behind every um, anger, angry person is this, a story. A story of how they were hurt. A story of how somebody mistreated them. How somebody uh, performed an injustice against them. How, a story of how if, any, if they were to get up here and they were to tell this story to everyone, some of you would be crying, some of you would be frustrated for them, and all of us would put our hands up and go, hey, you don't need to forgive. You don't need to release that. You need to hold on to that. There is, you have good reason to be angry at the world. Behind every hurt is a story. But if you hold on to that story of how you were hurt for too long, you will eventually become bitter and it will hurt your future. So, that's why to move forward, you need to release your past so your past can release you. Now, how do you do that? What does that look like? How do you go about releasing your past? You know, and while we're on that, why should you release your past? Why should you release that hurt that somebody else did to you? Shouldn't they be the one to pay? At the end of the day, they're the one who owes you, not the other way around. Why should you release it at all? Well, they're all very good questions. And in fact, um, a guy named Paul answers those very questions in a letter that he writes to a church in Ephesus. Now, just to bring you up to speed on uh, the context of what was happening um, at that point in time when Paul is writing this letter, um, what's going on is this is a, a culture fueled by anger, fueled by injustice, and fueled by mistreatment. Um, and I, I mean that because this was a, this was a culture before democracy. This was a culture in the first century where might made right. If you had the biggest empire, if you had the most power, you were the law. And you could treat anyone the way you wanted to. And you could get away with it. You could do anything. And it wouldn't matter if anybody thought it was wrong because you were the law and you made the rules. And so consequently, there were a lot of people who were mistreated in the first century. Consequently, there were a lot of people who were justified, um, uh, justified in their anger. And just to give you a, just a snapshot of the type of culture that Paul is writing to, in the first century, uh, Christians in particular were mistreated by the Roman Empire. In fact, there was an emperor named Emperor Nero. And Emperor Nero, he, he was this guy, he wanted, to, he wanted to expand his palace. Apparently, it wasn't big enough uh, for him. I don't know why. Um, we're not told that. Um, all we're told is that he wanted to expand his palace, but he couldn't do it because there was houses and there was villages in the way. So Emperor Nero, well, he's like, you know, I should, it should be nice to everyone. Not. I'm just going to go and uh, raise the entire city. 
I'm going to go destroy everyone's homes. I'm going to get my soldiers and my henchmen to go out there and burn everyone's houses so that I can build my empire. But, you know, I don't want the people to revolt, so I'm going to go blame it on the Christians. I know they didn't do it. I know they're being nice, but I'm going to blame it on them uh, so nobody blames me for it. I'm going to blame them for burning everyone's houses, and then I get my empire, and nobody gets mad at me. And Christians were executed by Rome because of something they didn't do, because of something the emperor did, um, because the Roman, Romans were angry because they lost their homes and they thought the Christians did it, but they didn't. They just got blamed for it. And so it's this culture, this culture fueled by anger that Paul writes this letter, and this is what he writes. In your anger, do not sin. And this quite literally means be angry, but don't sin. Be angry, but don't sin, which is such a huge idea because it means that there is an appropriate place for anger. You can be angry, and that's okay, but it's not okay to hold on to it for too long because if you hold on to it for too long, it will cause you to hurt other people and potentially hurt yourself as well. So that's why he goes on to say this. Do not, and the reason why I've highlighted do not is because this is a decision that you make do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, get rid of it as fast as possible. You do not want to hold on to anger for too long. You need to get rid of it as fast as possible, uh, hopefully, before the sun goes down. You just need to get rid of it as fast as possible. And then he goes on to say, not only will it destroy your relationships with other people, but it will destroy your relationship with your heavenly Father. And do not give the devil a foothold. By holding on to your anger, you are gifting the one who does not want the best for you, who wants to pull you away from the love of your heavenly Father, a foothold, a vantage point. You are gifting him with an opportunity for destruction. And you might not believe in that, and that's okay. Just think about it like this. If you're not moving towards good, what are you moving towards? Bad. Destruction. If you uh, hold on to anger for too long, you will move towards destruction. So Paul says, get rid of it as fast as possible. You do not want this in your life for too long. And then he goes on to give just how you go about this. And he goes on again. He says, get rid. And the reason why I've highlighted get rid, uh, get rid is because this is, again, a decision that you make all of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Get rid of all bitterness. This is something that you can do. You don't have to wait for that person to apologize to not be bitter. You don't have to wait for that person to pay you back to not be angry. You can get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, and brawling by something that you do, by something practical that you can do. And Paul goes on to show us just what that is. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How do you release it? You forgive. You forgive. You forgive that organization. You forgive that group of people. You forgive that person that hurt you, that gossiped about you, that spread that rumor about you. You forgive that group of people who bullied you, that labeled you. You forgive them. And you do not hold them accountable for what they've done. And this isn't just a group of people. This isn't just, you don't just forgive the people that you love most, but you forgive everyone. 
no matter what your relationship with them. No matter even if they would never return the favor. No matter if they are your biggest rival, you forgive them. Because that's how you get rid of anger. And that's how you keep moving forward. Now, how do you forgive somebody that's hurt you? How do you forgive somebody that you don't even like? You will never feel like that. It doesn't feel like you would ever want to forgive. So how do you go about that? Well, there's two words that um, in the Greek language which can refer to this word of forgive. And the word that Paul uses is very intentional. See, it implies not a um, feeling, but a decision. It implies this, pardon. To forgive, in his mind, is to pardon. If you don't want to know what a pardon is, a pardon is when a judge um, uh, goes up, uh, sees somebody and they go, you're absolutely guilty of what you're accused of. You're 100% guilty, but you don't have to pay for it. You're guilty. Your attorney didn't talk us out of what you did. You did it. Nobody's arguing that. But we, as the jury, have decided not to hold you accountable for what you've done. We have pardoned you. You are forgiven. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is simply to pardon. See, forgiveness isn't a feeling. Forgiveness is a decision to cancel the debt. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. I've never felt like forgiving. That's not something you wake up and go, man, I just want to forgive that person who hurt me. You will never feel like forgiving. And as long as you're waiting for that feeling, you will be waiting a long time. That's why you need to think about it as a decision to cancel a debt. They owe you. They owe you something, but you need to cancel it. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a gift that we decide to give in spite of how we feel. Not because of how we feel, but in spite. In spite of the hurt. In spite of everything they've done to us, we decide to gift them with forgiveness. I love how Paul wraps up his teaching. He says, forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Christ God forgave you. The reason why Paul is um, casting us, us, our minds back to this is because all of us at some point hurt somebody else. All of us fall short of a perfect standard. All of us from time to time inflict pain on people. The very people that your heavenly father loves. The very people that his son Jesus died for. And Paul's like, remember that. Remember that you're not all that innocent either. And yet, God forgave you. Not because of anything you'd done, but because he decided to cancel the debt. And it cost him his life. And so, I want you to forgive, not because they deserve it, but because your heavenly Father forgave you because you didn't deserve it either. And then he goes... That, that leads us to the Full Monday. Um, so, Full Monday here at Beyond, it's all about um, applying what we've talked about. And it may not come as a surprise to you what um, tonight's Full Monday is. I want you to release it. We've been talking about that for the last 20 minutes. If you haven't caught on, that's what we're going to talk about. Release it. And I want you more precisely to forgive the people you're angry with. Now, um, when I'm talking about forgive the people you're angry with, if it's not a feeling, then what is it? How do you actually forgive somebody? How do you go about that? 
Um, and so I wanted to give you something really practical. It's actually something I stumbled upon uh, two years ago when I was reading a book um, called Enemies of the Heart by Andy Stanley. And within this book, he outlines uh, four steps, what he calls a cycle of forgiveness. And within these four steps, he shows us just how you turn forgiveness from feeling to decision and how you go about making that decision. And I personally have applied this to my life for the last couple of years. Every time I'm hurt, I continue to find myself going back to these four things. And I've found so much value out of it that I wanted to share it with you. Um, and it's on your seats, um, if you haven't noticed it already. It's um, a card like this. It says, uh, the cycle of forgiveness on it. And on this, it outlines four steps, four practical steps that you can take to decide to forgive, to release your past. And the first step is simply this. Identify who you're angry with and why. Now, this should take no time whatsoever. You know who you're angry with. It's your boss. It's your mom. It's your dad. It's your ex-boyfriend. It's your ex-girlfriend. It's that group of people at school. You know who you're angry with. Identify it, though. Identify who you're angry with and why. Why are you angry at them? What exactly did they do to you that made you angry with them? And then after that, it gets really fun. You get to determine what they owe you. You get to determine what they owe you. So you get a list and you go, well, that person who did that to me, what would they have to do to pay it back? And you write down everything. You know, they'd have to apologize. They'd have to give a good explanation. You know, they would have to go and, you know, maybe they have to pay you back. Maybe they have to go through the heartbreak that you went through. Maybe they have to get cheated on like you got cheated on. Maybe they'd have to go uh, through a bit of a, a rough patch. You determine what they owe you, what they would have to do, what, what would have to happen to them to make it all right. And then you have to cancel it. You go to that piece of paper, all those things that uh, they owe you, and you cancel it. You rip it up. You tear it up. You go, that person owed me, but they don't owe me anymore. They, they inflicted pain on me, yes, and yes, they owe me for it, but I am not going to hold them accountable to, for it. I'm going to forgive them, I'm going to release it, I'm going to pardon them. I'm cancelling the debt. And then there's this sentence, and I just want you to uh, take the time this week to fill in the blanks with that person that you need to forgive or that group of people, and it's this, Heavenly Father, blank, has taken blank from me? What did they take from me? What, did they, what do they owe you from me? I've held on to this debt long enough. I choose to cancel this debt. Blank doesn't owe me anymore. Just as you forgave me, I forgive them. And then you need to dismiss the case. At points in your life, when you come into contact with this person, when three years down the track or you're at your reunion and you encounter this person again, there's going to be the tendency for you to pick up that hurt and to carry it into your future. You may have forgiven them back then, but there's going to be the tendency for you to pick up what they, uh, the debt that they inflicted on you and to drag it into your future. And at that point, you dismiss it. You go, hey, you owed me, but I forgave you and I'm going to continue uh, to forgive you. It's not it's something that was inflicted, but I'm not holding on to it anymore. And to kind of give you a picture of what this looks like, just so that you understand, um, very rarely do I come up with an illustration. And, um, but when I do, um, you know, love to go for it. And essentially, when you get hurt, 
It's like a weight is attached to you. It's like a weight is attached to you, and when you're moving forward, that weight continues to follow you around. That hurt continues to follow you around. It continues to follow you around into your future. And it slows you down, and it weighs you down. And the only way to set yourself free from it is you need to get the bolt cutters out. You need to get the old forgiveness out, and you cut that bad boy off. You're not holding on to that guy any longer because he is holding you back, and you know they hurt you, and you know they don't deserve to be forgiven, but you're going to cut yourself free because in order for you to hold on to this hurt for much longer, it will continue to hurt your future. So you're going to cut it off, and I really hope this works. And it doesn't hurt my ankles. Yes, the man. <laughs> That's what forgiveness is. It is setting yourself free from the weight. It's setting yourself free from the hurt. You don't have to lug it around any longer. I know they may have hurt you. I know they may have um, done some damage to you in the past. I know they may not deserve to be forgiven, but you need to set yourself free from it. Because really, harboring unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's not hurting the one you're holding a grudge against. It's hurting you. Holding on to that hurt, holding on to what they did to you, it's hurting you. Not hurting them, it's hurting you and it's hurting your future. And so you need to forgive. And you need to release it. Some of you, you may still be pushing back against this idea. And so I simply want to ask you this question. How much longer are you going to allow people you don't even like control your life how much longer if you continue to hold on to that hurt it will influence your life it will hurt your future so how much longer are you going to allow people you don't even like people that aren't even in your life anymore some people some of these people aren't even alive anymore how much longer are you going to allow them to control your life Forgiveness comes at a cost. But the cost is far greater if you don't choose to forgive. And so, I hope that you release it. I hope that you set that free. I know it's going to hurt, but it's worth it. And it, it will benefit your future, and you will be glad if you release it. Uh, we're going to pray, and the band's going to lead us another song. Dear God, uh, we just thank you that you forgave us. Uh, we thank you that, um, that you died for us to set us free from our sin. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would help us, that you would give us the courage to forgive the people that have hurt us. I pray, Lord, that you would help us, even though we may not feel like it, to forgive, to release, Lord, so that it does not continue to hurt us in the future. I pray all these things.